You have to adapt. Your body's always adapting. What we can't adapt to is our society and our environment around us. Comparing yourself to someone else, you're going to look down on yourself and look up to others. Because we want to be happy without being sad. Most people, when we get this rude experience, we hold our breath, we contract it, we squeeze, we say, oh, my God, stress hits in. Then what we do is we search for this next thing that will make us feel good. It will either be a cookie, a chocolate, a donut, uh, ice cream, someone's compliments, someone's showering compliments, sex, drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, and then I feel better. We said norepinephrine and epinephrine were the sympathetic neurotransmitters, Correct. Then therefore, what are the parasympathetic ones? This one big one. Dopamine. Dopamine all day long. People want to complain about social media. I can't believe these kids, they're watching social media and it's causing dopamine strikes all day long. They're complaining while I have my wine. <laughs> Hypocritical. <laughs> all day long. Yes, it is dopamine. We are a dopamine addicted society wanting to feel good all the time. We constantly do because we want to run on this parasympathetic nervous system. We want things to be easy without challenge. We want ease without challenge. We want to have zero stress in our life because we think stress is bad. Stress is just the inability to adapt to a changing environment. That's it. Right now, I don't know what the, what's the elevation up here? 2,500? Okay, so tomorrow, so I came from Chicago, which is 600. We went to 2,500. Did my body have to adapt? Yes. Is my oxygen going to be different tonight when I sleep? Yes, 100%. Tomorrow, I'm going to Miami. Is my oxygen going to be different? Yes. Is my body going to have to adapt? Yes. This is normal, what I'm trying to sit and say. You have to adapt. Your body's always adapting. What we can't adapt to is our society and our environment around us. Because we want to be happy without being sad. We want people to be kind without being cruel. We want to be supported without ever being challenged. And what we feel is that the more challenged we get, the less we actually will grow. But it's not what happens to us. It's how we rewire that to realize it happens for us. Do we actually allow us to ourselves to brain, our brains to grow and realize that it's served us? If it's on the way... Rather than in the way, it's going to produce a greater result. Does that make sense? Most people don't realize that. Most people will sit and say, of course, I'm preaching to the choir in this room, but most people sit and say, oh, this happened. It's, let me just think positive and that'll be fine. And everything in life that you think positive is good, right? Positive thinking solves it all. Okay, so what, why do you need to figure out how to get through it if you just figured out the system and understood why it's happening? See, positive thinking is not bad, but neither is negative thinking. You have to balance them. But why is it bad or good? When you realize that there is no bad or good, there's no label that's attached to it. It's denying reality. Thank you. Psychologically, Freud used to say this, um, Milton Erickson has said this, we as human beings choose to live in a state of delusion more than not because we want to live consciously or unconsciously with a higher dopamine spike because it makes us feel good. 
Dopamine isn't bad. Please understand that. It makes us feel good. It makes us have do things in life, move forward in life, have creativity in life. It makes you have relations in life. Have a, if you have married with a spouse or a partner, it makes us move forward. Whatever you want in your life, you've created because of dopamine. It's not a bad thing. But it's how you manage it that matters. It's how you manage that dopamine that matters. Most of us are constantly being programmed by the world around us, not taking control of our thoughts. And most of us are living in these root experiences with our random access memory constantly functioning at a higher level with more stress in our system. And most of us in our society, not, I shouldn't say most, I don't know this for a fact, a lot of us are quietly living in states of anger and pride. I'm right, you're wrong. And that quiet state of pride also, from my research, leads to arterial sclerosis, blood pressure issues, heart disease issues, cholesterol issues. Because what hormone is released? Testosterone. Too much testosterone activates cortisol. Cortisol now gets too high and it now goes into the blood vessels. Is this making sense? Testosterone, is cholesterol bad? No. Improper amounts. Is exercise good? Thank you. Improper amounts. In moderation, until you balance it into the system. But most systems are running on constant stress. And constant fight or flight. And what's happening to them is that they're quietly, they're trying to do everything to fit into society. But what's happening is that their system is breaking down. And you have these cells in your body. How many people have heard this thing called the mitochondria before? A couple of you have. So the mitochondria, it's a big technical term, but I just want to engage in what it is. The mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cells. They're the powerhouse of the cells. And it literally, they've shown this, is that the lower the mitochondria, the quicker the death. That's why you can see these supplement things that we have here. If you choose to get them or not, that's up to you. But I have a mitochondrial product in there to help what's called mitogenesis, to increase the mitochondrial production inside that. Because what produces oxygen? Exercise and mitochondria. If you don't have energy to exercise, do you produce more oxygen? No, you can't. So why I'm saying this is that if you don't have oxygen running in your system, you don't have mitochondria in your system, the mitochondria break down, your body is now having a lack of energy in the system. If you have the energy to move and do something, then you'll go off and do something. When you're living in a depressed, anxious, constant stress state, do you feel inspired that you want to go do something in the world or do you feel depressed and anxious and stay stuck exactly where you are? Stay stuck exactly where you are. Do you become a senescent human and a senescent cell at the same time? Yes. Because you don't feel inspired to go do something. However, when you heal this, you change that, you remove it from the brain, and it no longer becomes a state that's holding you back. You can see it in order, in a state of balance, as just as this young lady said, in a state of balance, not either positive or negative, not good or bad, because I've done this work a million times over, and what people thought one day was good, when I do this, they realize it's not good. It's just as bad, isn't it? Because our perception holds on to the state thinking that it's good because that makes us feel better. We're holding on to our addictions because of our egos. 
That's a neurologic mechanism. We're holding on to the addiction because of our egos, because it makes us feel good. But when we look at it in reality, it's neither good nor bad. It's neither right nor wrong. And we're much more governed in a state of love rather than a state of imbalance. Your system is a bunch of raw materials. What that means is this. Is every human being, every human system right now is built on raw materials. I'm not going to get into the microbiome and the biome in that conversation, but if you don't put the right raw materials into the system, can the system work optimally? No, it can't. We know that this is simple. This is not a diet and nutrition class. I'm happy to go into it if you're interested, but we, you really need carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. How many people are vegetarian or vegan in this room? A couple. If you are, let me just make a recommendation. Make sure you're getting adequate amounts of protein. Make sure you're getting adequate amounts of protein. Because I was on that vegan. My parents are Indian, so therefore they're vegetarian. They've been vegetarian for a long time. And I had this argument with them constantly. But Alok, we don't eat meat. <laughs> I don't care. Eat protein. But Alok, I don't eat meat. Do a protein shake. But Alok, I, I'm like, my God, I'll just take protein shake. And your entire cell, every single nucleus, every single part of your system is made up of protein. My daughter's studying um, neuroscience at, in Florida. And she said, Dad, she goes, I never realized how important protein was. I said, no, sh I've been telling you this for 18 years. Finally, some professor tells her and he listens, right? That's how it works. You're never, what's, what's the saying? You're never a... Never a profit in your own town. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, hell, I had to travel to Idaho. I'd say this in Chicago. Nobody listens to anything. <laughs> Nobody comes to me in Chicago. I got to go to Idaho. But your raw materials, you need the right raw materials in your body. The right raw materials give your body the physical stature that it needs to be able to do what it needs to. Second part of this I want you to gather. And I kind of said it earlier. And this is, yes, again, we've got the artist thing down. We're not, I suck. In here, this part of the, this thing is called this almond type thing. You've heard of this before. It's called the amygdala. Have you heard that before? Okay, you've heard of this amygdala. Now, the amygdala is the part of the brain that controls emotions. Remember these root experiences we've been talking about this whole time? Right? We said these root experiences. They all get stored in the amygdala. And then they're, in essence, controlling from the amygdala all the neurotransmitter release. With me so far? Yes? Yes or yes? yes? Okay, thank you. And up here, you have this other area of the brain. It's really small. It's called the hypothalamus. Now, every single person in this room, I don't care who you are, where you've come from, what you've done, what you haven't done, every single person in this room has a different and unique set of values. You're unique. Every one of you. And everyone looks at the world based on their own rude experiences that's happened in their life. And you will look to your life and say, I would love to do this. How many people in, this, in your life have said, I would love to do this with my life? How many people have actually done it? Okay. Some of you are like, I don't know. Am I it's a yes or a no question. <laughs> maybe. I'm on the way. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. The reason I ask you that is because of this. Is your hypothalamus 
in, for my doctors and the healthcare people in the room, the pulvinar region of the, of the hypothalamus, you're actually filtering your reality based on your values. So, do you have any children? No, the lady behind you, I'm sorry. How many children do you have? Three children. How old are they? Fantastic. Remember when they were four, five, and seven? They were cute, weren't they? It's kind of different now, probably. They're probably still cute, but in a different way, right? But they, they were really young. They were lovely. And you probably loved being a mom, didn't you? Yeah. I had that sense. Let's have some fun. So, <laughs> so son, good to meet you, son. What's your name? Julianne, pleasure to meet you. So, Julianne? Okay, so Julianne. So you have a set of values that at the time when the kids were four, five, seven, ten years old, when you were young, that being a mom was like it, right? Like, she took care of you, didn't she? She made dinner, she made you lunch. Sometimes. I'm sure she did much more than that. When you were crying, when you were sick, she like, oh. She, she put, of course she did all that, right? But it's not of course. Because there's a lot of people whose mothers have not done that. Am I correct in making that statement? Yes. yes. So you're taking it for granted, but she did what she valued, right? But I promise you, listen to what I'm about to say, they hit 10. The youngest one hit 10, and mothering changed. Now you said, you know what, screw this shit. You figure out your own way. You make your own lunch. You do what you want to do. Am I correct? <laughs> you said, because your values now changed. And you probably got more into the workforce, into more of your career, and things you wanted to do. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. What did you get into? Um, I published a book. Fantastic. Congratulations. So you published a book at that time, right? And what was the book on? Weddings. Weddings. Okay, great. So just, just for my own fun here, you're like, <laughs> I can see it in her face. She's like, man, do I really got to go? So were you married when you published it or divorced? I was married. You were married. Are you still married? No. Okay. The reason I ask you that question is because it's on wedding in the wedding industry or being married? Uh, no, Fantastic. Okay, great. So wedding planning and planning events is a big thing for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You probably still are probably pretty good at that. Well, so, no, I actually just... Fantastic. Even better. You didn't do it for the bride. You did it as a business, yes. which I like better. <laughs> because money became more important. Your independence became more important. Building a business became more important to you, right? Okay. Why did she do that? Her brain shifted in her neurochemistry from her values. The oxytocin towards her child went down and her body started searching for other things. At some point in your life, when you were in your teens or younger years, you wanted to be a businesswoman. Correct? Right? Now, that's her. I don't know you at all by any means. But here's the thing I want you to gather. If you look at, can you stand up for me just for a second? If you look at Julianne and say, you know what, what an amazing woman. She's done some amazing things in her life. And she's built this wedding business. She's made this whole bridal thingamabob. <laughs> right? It, it, she made a lot of money on it. It's great. But if your values weren't business, if your values weren't growing uh, uh, building a resource guide for her brides and building a show, you know, all these shows, and your values were actually socializing and meeting people and talking to people and, and learning what's going on in the community. And you looked at her and you compared yourself to her. 
eventually you're going to say, she's so much better than I am. Right? That point is very important to realize because that comparison creates judgment. And that judgment takes us back to the five primary emotions that we started with. Pride, infatuation, shame, guilt, and resentment. Does that make sense? Because what you're going to do is you're going to look up to her and say, she's amazing, I'm infatuated with that. And then, you, I mean, you have your own successes, I can tell. And you're going to look at her and say, she's amazing in that. But you're going to sit and say, maybe, you know what? I can't do that. I'm not as good and valued in society the same way inside that. And then you're going to judge yourself. And then you're going to feel shame towards yourself and resent yourself and create anger and resentment towards you. Does that make sense? Now you're thinking, why the hell is he doing this? Why is he talking about all this stuff? Because if your system, if Kim is here judging herself, guilt, shame, resentment, anger, pride, which part of the nervous system is she working? Sympathetic all day long. And her sympathetic nervous system is now going to fire. So I don't care if you come to me as a doctor and you tell me you have irritable bowel disease. Do I ever ask you the questions to find out who you're comparing your life to? No. I'm going to give you a drug, a medication, a pill, a potion to make sure that you're not having issues with your stomach. Is this making sense? Right? I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, good or bad. Doctors, I'm not blaming them. They don't have the ability nor the time nor the bandwidth to be able to do what they're doing. That's why you have to take control of your own health. And if you don't take control of your health, don't expect a doctor to come along and do it. They're not going to. Right? You have to take care of it for yourself. So if you're going to spend your life not living in your values in here, you'll compare yourself to everyone else. And as long as you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're going to look down on yourself and look up to others. And when you're looking up to other people, you're going to say, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve, and I feel shame and guilt towards me. And the emotion of shame and guilt will destroy you from having any money or wealth in your life. Because guilt causes you to give away your money. It causes you to give away your money. If you have resentment towards yourself and you resent who you are, then why would you bring money into you that's going to give you more experiences, more life, more value? You won't. So at a subconscious or latent awareness level, what you're doing is you're moving wealth in or out of your life based on your emotions and your root experiences you've been holding on to. Is this now making sense? Is this starting to come together? What is happening to the oxygen in your system if your root experiences are causing in a sympathetic state? Lowered. So the whole system is running sympathetically because of a psychological place. I also made a statement a little while ago that where you make decisions about money is also the same place you make decisions about your social stature. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when the next episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with someone you think will like it. And remember, you can always find the visual version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just search Dr. Rewired. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you at the next perfect time. Thanks a lot.